Good morning and welcome to Valley Lights Church Online. Today is a very exciting day in the life of our church. There's some changes coming up and there's some things to celebrate and you've picked a great day to tune in. Uh, what we normally do is this message and this recording that I do right now is uh, very similar to what is heard live in the park where we meet on Sunday mornings. Uh, but today things are going to be a little bit different because of some of the special things happening at the park. And so what, uh, what's significant is that today is our last gathering at Chesbro Park in Santa Clarita, California. And we're about to make a shift uh, and not meet there anymore. Um, we've met in the park for 17 Sundays total. And uh, so today during our live service, which will be happening for, for the last time, uh, some of the things that are going to be different, and I'll try to transpose some of that here so that you can hear and tune in as well. But during this message, I'm going to share about the next location where we'll gather in person on Sunday mornings. Uh, it's the next space that God has provided for us. And we'll also have a baptism, which is a huge celebration symbolizing lives that have been changed by Jesus Christ. And uh, we'll also, I'm planning to do a group photo, <laughs> if I can pull it off. A whole church photo, um, which, you know, it's not like we're thousands of people, so we should be able to pull this off in the park uh, for anybody that wants to. It's just sort of a fun way to mark the end of a chapter. And then finally, we're just going to celebrate and have some special treats in the park and uh, just really acknowledge what God is doing. So that's what's coming up. Um, and my plan is to record what happens in the park so that you can have the option of watching the whole thing later on. So my name is Bruce Wood. I'm the lead pastor of Valley Lights Church, and I'm really glad that you're here. Like I said, this is a really exciting time for us. Um, don't fail to uh, leave some contact info or say hello in the chat because I'd love just to, to send you an email or something saying thanks for joining us. Um, I'm originally from upstate New York and uh, a town called Syracuse. And I made a series of decisions that led me here to where we are right now. Uh, one of the decisions was to go to college. I, I remember in towards the end of my high school time, I was I like, well, I need to figure out where I'm going to go to college. And I kind of put that off. It's kind of a big decision. I just figured that's way too stressful of a decision. So I'll just put it off until the last minute, which I did. And <laughs> I had a buddy that was coming out to California for school. And so I thought, sounds good to me. And uh, we went, I went to a school in San Dimas, which is the eastern uh, edge of Los Angeles County. And so once I was going to college, it was great because then I could just coast for a couple of years without having to make any big life-changing decisions, which were very stressful for me. And I eventually graduated though. And so then I had to make some new decisions. Uh, really my only goal at the time when I graduated was to get married. And so I did. <laughs> About a month after I uh, graduated from college, Aaron and I got married. And then now what? Now what do I do? Oh my goodness, there's more decisions to make. I, I had this pattern of waiting to the last minute to make life-altering decisions, actually even small decisions. Part of the reason is um, I, I, I have for a while really struggled with a lot of self-doubt and um, stress and, and just and sometimes a lack of ambition when it comes to 
making a plan and charting out a vision for my life or for what I'm going to do over the weekend. <laughs> um, so I'm married. I'm realizing I need to get a career. And usually that's something that you determine before you go to school, but that wasn't the case for me. I, I went through this whole process of figuring out what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do when I grew up, and I landed on physical therapy, which I was, I was very excited about. And a part of this was like the growing up process for me. But I landed on that career choice and uh, started moving in that direction for a couple of years uh, with schooling and training and work. And it was great because that choice represented for me, um, basically it would liberate me from having to make any big life-altering decisions for a while. It would give me a track to run on, or so I thought. Right when I finally found this career path and, and really something that would give me focus for a few decades, I met some people that stretched my vision even farther, even farther beyond a few decades. We found a brand new church plant, um, a new church start, and it was just about in this stage. Actually, it was uh, we found it even before their grand opening. And it was fascinating to me because we met these people who were determined to walk with God practically in everyday life to really follow the Bible, and they were also determined to help other people learn how to do that as well. And what I realized over time of, of watching and, and participating in this new group was that these people are trying to build something that would last beyond their lifetimes. They wanted to help people make decisions that would last for eternity. This is a very different way of living than what I was used to. And deep down, I really wanted to live for something significant also. I, I really wanted to do more than just that, that everyday cycle of wake up, go to work, make sure the house is cleaned up, go to bed, and repeat. I wanted more than that. I wanted more than just, you know, climbing some work ladder and getting status. I wanted to do more than just the plan of building wealth and enjoying comfortable things. I, I wanted more than just living for pleasure and entertainment and recreation and vacations and buying stuff and technology and all that. I, I wanted to live for more. And, and being around this, that new church at the time really awakened that desire within me. I wanted the impact of my life to outlast me. And so over 10 years of being involved in that, that church, really full of genuine Christ followers, God stirred my heart and spoke clearly that he wanted us, my, my, me and my family, to, to start a new church in Santa Clarita. And at first I thought, man, God, you got the wrong guy. I mean, I'm the guy who puts off hard decisions. I'm, I'm the guy who, um, I'd rather you just tell me what to do. You know, have someone else just tell me what to do. I, I'm not the guy to be a leader of an organization. God graciously developed some leadership instincts in me little by little and really kept fanning that flame, this desire to reproduce what the incredible good that we experienced so finally, I thought, okay, we're doing this thing. I guess God wants us to start a new church. No, it wasn't I guess. I knew. I, I really knew that he wanted that. But I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have some people that would go with us and help us? I just don't know if anybody's going to follow. I mean, we were at a church in Riverside, California. And Santa Clarita is a good hour and a half, sometimes two hours away, depending on the traffic. And I don't know. I don't know if anybody is going to follow us. 
As it turns out, there were other people who also wanted to live for more. It turns out there was a 18 people. Uh, in addition to my family, there was a few families and kids, so a total of uh, 10 adults, eight kids who moved with us during 2020, really during the height of uh, COVID and lockdowns and uncertainty and fear when things were still very much unknown, we moved as a team to a new city and many of us had to get new houses or apartments, get brand new jobs, and leave the comfort of familiar friends and family at our church and city in Riverside. And sometimes I thought, it's kind of crazy. Why would anyone do that? Why would people follow us into the unknown? Why would someone give up a good, a really good situation, a comfortable situation for something so risky. Helping start a new church was risky, although it's not the only way to live for more. There's other bold steps of faith that you and I can take, things that lead to significant impact. But isn't there something inside of you that also wants to live for more than just the average everyday status quo? All of us have the option to live for eternity, not just for earthly time. We can resolve to really determine, our, just to, to set out to live our lives for eternity, not just time. And I wanna look at a part of the Bible that describes this concept. We've been walking through some key passages in a part of the Bible called Philippians. And it's a letter written from a man named Paul to a church that had started in an ancient town and he's writing to encourage them, to give them a vision for hope and joy in life. And he's in jail awaiting his trial and possible death, and he's not depressed. He's brimming with hope and joy, and he, and he gives some insight on that. Last week, we left off on some verses where Paul stated that his aim, his big supreme goal in life, was to know Jesus Christ. Not just to know about him, but to actually know him experientially and personally in a relationship. So here's what he writes in Philippians chapter three, starting in verse 12. He says, not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, meaning he hasn't completely gotten to the level where he knows Christ personally to the perfect, most mature level. But I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also, I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm not perfect. I haven't grown to perfect spiritual maturity. And I'd, I'd like to say, you know, on my part that I've completely devoted all of my time to the eternally significant things <laughs> but that ain't true. It's not. I mean, I've, uh, this is, this is something that I grow in over time and I'm, I'm a long way to go. Actually, there was a, a point last year where I had a gift card for REI, which is a, a big store for camping and backpacking, which I love. I'm totally into that. And so I, I had this $11 gift card. And after I put the kids to bed one night, I thought, all right, I'll just redeem this. I'll find something. And I, uh, I thought $11 is not very much. So I just filtered and found all the things on sale that would fit within that gift card. And I'm ashamed to say, 
I spent over two and a half hours looking for something. There were something there were socks and plates and little towels and uh, insulated coffee mugs and travel things and all kinds of stuff. And I was just hemming and hawing, just trying to figure out what I wanted to land on and like, oh, I just want to make the very best decision. And and then if I got something that was only $8, maybe I could get something that was $3, but I didn't want to go over. And it honestly, I got to the end of that night and I thought, this, this is pathetic I, that I just spent my time trying to do this. Um, and, and what I ended up getting was a coffee mug that I used for a couple of months and I haven't really touched in a while. So not a lot of significant life impact flowed out of that time. And if you multiply that for all the other times that I'm trying to buy things or make decisions that there's a lot of time that I spend that has no impact on eternity. It's really not hard for me to get pulled into time wasters. It can be very easy for me and maybe you too to get short-sighted in things that really seem and feel important in the moment but won't last forever. Let me illustrate this idea with a hose, a garden hose. So I've got, um, I've got this long hose that is this, you know, traditional green garden hose. And it's, this is actually a pretty long hose. I'm going to try to show it to you. This is all wrapped up here. And there's a lot of, uh, it's looped around quite a bit, as you can see. And so I want to illustrate that, uh, let's just say this hose, I think it's probably 150 feet or something. Let's just say that it goes on for ever and um, it doesn't just coil around this container but it uh goes beyond that you can even wrap it around the world a few times and it, it goes on for infinity just imagine this hose doesn't end and we've just got the one end of it right here uh, what this represents is eternity for us and this i'm going to say this little fitting right here uh, this part that twists on with the with the spiral fitting this represents our life right now here on earth. And what's amazing is we can spend so much time just thinking about this one part right here without really thinking all that much about this enormous length that comes after. And sometimes we'll say, you know what, I'm, I really, 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 really want to enjoy, I'm going to work hard on this part so that I can really, really enjoy this part right here. <laughs> and uh, with, no, with total neglect for what comes after. When Paul says, you know, we read how he said, I'm going to reach forward. I want to go ahead. He's not saying I'm going to reach a millimeter ahead. That, that would be silly. We're, we're just focused on this one little part to have the, the status or the wealth or the ease or the comfort or the, the enjoyment in just this one little part. No, reach, reaching forward. He's saying, I want to reach beyond the line of crossing from death to life and the eternity that comes after that. He says, I'll forget what's behind. It's easy too for us to to be in this part and think, man, I just have so much regret about that pastime, or I'm just full of shame, or just I'm dealing with bitterness because of what happened, or, or the victories. I'm just reveling and just enjoying the things that I've accomplished and just really saturating myself on this focus. There's, there's so much more we could think of and see if we really devote our time to what lasts forever. And Paul said he, hadn't, he hasn't reached the goal. He doesn't do this perfectly. He didn't know Jesus perfectly. Me neither. I don't. And, and the team that moved out with us, they're not perfect either. None of us are superheroes. We're not super Christians. We're just plain old people 
that want to live for more. We want to get out of the normal status way of living. And thankfully, to live a significant life, it doesn't take a lot of skill. It's just a matter of deciding I'm going to put my time into things that will last forever. As much as I can, I'll falter, but I'm going to prioritize that. I'm going to keep my focus. I'm going to keep trying to remember and focus on the things that last forever. In Philippians 3.14, again, he says, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. There's so much good that awaits us on the other side if we trust him and entrust our lives now to him. Ultimately, Paul had trained himself. His eyes were directed towards heaven. His feet were moving in that direction. And after this life is over, he anticipated, he just, he just savored and relished the idea that when, he's, when, he's, when he dies, he'll be in the presence with his Savior, the one who gave his life for him. Out in the distance, far above the goals and achievements of the here and now, Paul saw Jesus at the finish line. And he didn't want to lose focus. He didn't want to get distracted or, or, or just kind of turned off a little. Sometimes you just get off focus just a degree. It can bring you way off track over the long run. He didn't want to get tripped up and taking off course. So he said in verse 18, For I have often told you, and so he's writing to this group of Christians. He says, I have told you, and, and now I say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. That hose scenario doesn't work all that great for them. Their end is their destruction. Their God is their stomach right now, meaning they just love to fill themselves with things that they, they enjoy. Their glory is in their shame. They, they highly value things that are shameful. He says they're focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven, he says. And we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. What's captured in this passage is that everywhere you look, there are people focused on this earthly life, trying to get as much fun and ease and comfort and stability and security as much as possible in this life and everywhere you look, also, there's advertisements promoting this way of living. Social media screams this way of living. Paul, with tears, pleads with people, don't get sucked into that. Don't get this. It's a temporary way of living. It's so short, short-sighted. Becoming a follower of Christ means our destination is in heaven. I live in California, and I like it here. <laughs> there's things I like and maybe things not so much, but it... it it, regardless, it's not my home. This is not my final destination. This is not my country. I'm on the way there to my country. I'm eagerly awaiting the time when God will right every wrong and he'll turn around every injustice. That will happen. That phrase at the end of this passage this, where he, Jesus will subject everything to himself, it means he's, he will bring everything into right and wholeness. He's going to bring reality and truth into full alignment. Even our bodies, which deteriorate, will be made new. I don't know if you've got any pain in your body or trouble with it or health problems. It's, and if you do now, it's probably going to get worse. Even that 
the, the bodies we receive in heaven will be on a totally different level. It's not like just perfect health as we have it now. It'll be far superior. Everything he'll, he'll bring into full alignment with, uh, sub, he'll subject everything to himself, which is good. So until then, our mission right now is to keep our eyes fixed on the real prize, to create a community of people living for Christ in his ways. And for us to grow this group by sharing this incredible news with people. So as a church, which started out as a tiny launch team of 18 people, we moved here last summer in the summer of 2020. To And as soon as we got here, we started meeting people and getting our bearings and starting to see what we could do to, to get into the community. And then we, we began having preview services in the fall. The very first one was in October. We, we said we'll do these monthly services to kind of uh, ramp up and uh, build some momentum towards our grand opening. That very first October preview, I thought, I don't know if anyone is going to show up to this thing. <laughs> How do you predict, you know, in the middle of all the COVID stuff and just start, even if it wasn't that, just starting something brand new in a park outside, I thought this is a weird time to start a new church. And some of you were there. So we had, you know, we've got people that are attending still that came to the first one. And even online, there's been people that have been watching every single Sunday. So those monthly previews helped us to gather steam, get some initial interest in practice meeting as a baby church. And then the grand opening came in January and it was amazing. Uh, God really came through and he... People came. It was a victory. It was so exciting. It was a big buildup. And then Monday came and we realized it was only six more days until we had to do it all over again. <laughs> and that was a rough transition. Going to meeting every week with a small band of people, that was, that was exhausting work and actually still is. And now after three months, God has established a new church. People have teamed with us there's new guests every Sunday. People come back and Valley Lights Church didn't exist a few months ago. And now it does. It's amazing. And I, I really feel humbled. It's just amazing to see God work. There's a part of the New Testament where Peter was, was a church leader. He helped, he healed a guy through the power of Jesus. He healed a guy and started walking. And everyone was so amazed when they saw it. And he said, why are you all so surprised? As if by my power or my godliness, I made this man walk. And I've thought about that verse a lot because I, I know I don't have enough of those things, power or godliness or goodness or anything in order for this thing to get off the ground. It's the power of God at work and him moving and building this church. In fact, one of, one of my struggles along the way was again that, that, that self-doubt and struggle with decision-making. I, I wasn't sure the best place to meet and you know, at some point I decided it would be a park outside. That was a hard step, but then I had to figure out which park. There's 35 in Santa Clarita, and there's different amounts of shade or bathrooms or parking and locations, and there's all kinds of stuff that just started, you know, <laughs> all the, the, the decision-making just went wild. And uh, I really struggled to maintain faith and really trust that God was working through it all. My faith at key moments in this process really has, has dipped. And I'm sure 
there's been moments when Jesus is thinking, saying of me, why do you have such little faith? And I want you to hear about from one of the members of our church who God used to deeply encourage me, in particular about the location where we meet in Chesborough Park. Um, we passed out in that preview service phase, the pre-launch phase, we passed out over 20,000 door hangers. And then we've ma- we mailed about another 10,000 beyond that. And so we, we, and we did all kinds of other ads and Instagram and Facebook and signs and, and all kinds of stuff. And one guy didn't receive any of it, <laughs> even though he lives in the apartments right next to the park. And uh, Gustavo is his name. He never got one of the invitations, but God urged him to go for a walk on the morning of our grand opening, which is very uncharacteristic of him. This is not like something he did normally. And so he reluctantly got outside and ended up walking around the block to where we were meeting just as our grand opening was about to start. And so I want you to hear from him about uh, his experience here. There was never such a, a specific call on my heart as when I was walking down the hill a mile and a half and I was tired and I was looking out there and I'm like gosh those people are so lucky to be able to you know have each other I wonder what they're up to as I approached you know um, I was just thinking of walking around the entire block and uh, when he asked me the question have you been looking for a church God knows. God said, this is what you need. And I prepared this before the, you know, before the beginning of time for you. Having fellowship and having people reach out and, and, and being open of uh, heart and mind makes such a difference in my life. It, I'm joyful. I am joyful when I when I hear from one of my brothers, when, when uh, they're reaching out to me, when they're meeting multiple levels of my spiritual, uh, of my physical needs, of my just needs in every way. How do I put this? I'm, I'm, I'm just excited because you've allowed me actually to become part of the family. You know, I came here to run away from my family. I came away to hurt myself. And uh, God doesn't waste anything not even our tears, that God's character, maybe he even uses those times away from him to not to make us callous, but to make us more sensitive to the whispering of his voice. This story from Gustavo, it's just one story. There's many others. And God is changing lives here. It's amazing. I'm so encouraged. God, God even preordained that we would meet in the park near where he lived. And it was so encouraging me to know that God had it planned out way before I even did. Even even despite all my stress and my doubt about making the right choice, God worked through that. This church was born in a park and online, and now it's time for us to move on from our physical location. We're not able to, the city has been very gracious to let us meet there for this time, but uh, the time is out and we need to move on. I've really loved meeting outside and I'm going to miss it. It's going to be sad. But on the positive side, moving inside has its advantages because it's tough to control the environment outside. I mean, last week we had record wind that was blowing stuff all over the place. There was a helicopter circling overhead 
and then apparently a criminal on the loose in the neighborhood and they were shouting from the helicopter to like go inside and lock your doors <laughs> it's not like the most ideal conditions for a church service so some days are cold uh, other days uh, we almost got rained out it's the heat is coming the infamous santa clarita heat is coming so we're moving inside that's a good thing and the meeting location is not the church i don't have to tell you, you probably already know that the park is not the church church isn't even something that just happens on sunday mornings the church is people we are the church and the gathering location is just a tool and so the the park was like a tool that we've picked up and we've been using it for the past few months and now it's time to put it down again and we're going to pick up a new tool and use that and i believe that just as god worked through the decision making process to select the right spot I believe he's again leading us toward the next one. And so I'm happy to announce that God has provided a new space for us. Are you ready to let go of Cheeseburger Park? <laughs> That's the name that we locals sometimes call is Chesbro. But the new location of our Sunday morning gathering is the Embassy Suites Hotel in Valencia. So this uh, location, it's, it's where Newhall Ranch Road meets the 5 Freeway. And they've got conference rooms that we'll be able to rent on Sunday mornings. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a great space. I've spent the past few weeks and even months considering a lot of venues. I've, I've got a spreadsheet full of ideas. I've looked at schools and conference centers and retail spaces, restaurants, a college, theaters, uh, film studios, a nightclub, other churches, an empty Rite Aid, um, even a trampoline park. I've talked to numerous commercial real estate agents and other pastors looking around trying to make a good decision. Uh, fortunately, God has been growing me in this. Um, but I, I, there's a lot of factors to weigh in too. The, the location, the parking, kids' space, accessibility, just the overall feel of the venue, the neighborhood it's in, the cost, um, management, COVID concerns. Uh, there's, there's so much that, that goes into it. And the Embassy Suites is not... A perfect space but it does have some advantages over some of the other current available options one is that it's appealing it's it's a sharp and clean space for gathering uh, two it's it's got a good kid space there's an adequate amount of space that we can turn into a fun class in fun classrooms which really is a way to attract and reach families um, it's flexible the management really appears to be very eager to work with us, to invite us, and to accommodate things that we'll need as a church. And um, in, in one way, they they're, uh, seem to be very reasonable and flexible when it comes to, to COVID guidelines and just navigating all those tensions. Um, God really seems to have provided a person of peace for us to work with. Also, it's financially responsible. Um, in comparison to my number two choice, uh, the Embassy Suites will allow us to save $12,000 over three months, which is pretty significant, but things are crazy expensive out here, it seems like, so it's, it's, that's, that's a real challenge. Um, this will still be a significant increase in cost from where we're, we were at, but um, it, it seems like a financially responsible move. And just for fun, I'll let you know the carpets match our color scheme with our logo. That's kind of <laughs> unexpected, but you know, overall it seems like a feel or a vibe that's a good match for us. We've got to move on from the park. God ultimately determines our timeline. 
I believe that. Paul said that he would forget what's behind and reach forward. In, in a similar way, we, we can, we're not going to hang on to the success and victory of the past, but we want to reach forward to the next chapter that God has for us. And ultimately, our, our eyes are not on just a physical location only. It's our eyes are on the mission. And this new space will allow us to keep gathering and keep growing. I believe that God is going to cause people to come to the embassy suites, just like he caused people to come to the park. And that he's already got people lined up that we would miss if we failed to move forward. Every time we move, it's a way to relaunch into a new area. And it's a way to gather new attention. And I'm anticipating that, that this move will be a temporary one. I don't know for certain, but there's other locations that I think will be even more strategic once COVID restrictions lift. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so at the moment, what we're starting out with is signing a three-month contract. Our goal is to live for more than what's easy and comfortable right now. And all of us, you and I both, we've, we have the option to live for eternity, not just time right now. And this profound concept by Paul, it's written in Philippians, which is a book all about how to live with joy no matter the circumstances. Maybe you want to make your life about more than just the typical status quo. You can increase your joy by pouring into eternal things. There's some eternal things that you can invest yourself into, your time and money and resources that will, that will ultimately increase your joy. Well, the very first one is to side with Christ. Make sure that you know where you're going to spend eternity. This is not something trivial to put off. If you have not committed your life to Christ, you, you may have been feeling a tug on your heart for some time now because of the sin and the wrongdoing that just exists in our hearts naturally. We deserve eternal destruction. But Jesus died. He paid the price for our sin so that we can live with him, with God in heaven forever. Many people run towards temporary pleasure. But sadly, it often comes at a cost and brings long-lasting pain. We, we, we could spend years and years chasing after that stuff. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe the, the starting point is to admit this and to, to turn away from going your own way in life, the way of the world, and to turn to Christ. Another way to pour into eternal things is to give something up. Maybe you need to give something up. Paul said, forget what is behind. There is emptiness in so many earthly pursuits. There's things, maybe a, a relationship that we need to give up or, or time wasters constantly desiring to have comfort and enjoyment. The goal of maybe moving to the perfect place to raise a family, as if there was such a thing this side of heaven. Is there anything that has captured your attention that you need to release? There was a guy that I worked with at our previous church, and he bought a brand new truck, and it was beautiful. It was some Dodge something. Black, shiny, nice rims, everything. And, uh, at one point, I asked him to help with an event for church. And so we went to Home Depot, started loading these big poles into the back. And I'm, I'm going really slow. I'm, I'm like, sorry, guy, I'm just, I'm trying to make sure we don't scratch your truck. And he said, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all going to burn in the end anyway. 
And I thought, yeah, I think you're right, but I don't know if I'd have the same perspective about a new truck. <laughs> it was amazing. It totally blew my mind that he would say that. And uh, it's actually not that he was being careless at all. He, he really was responsible with his stuff. But what I realized is that his heart wasn't wrapped up in his stuff. He had a way, particularly with his finances and his stuff, he had a way of keeping his eyes on the final prize, remembering what all that was to come. Another way to pour into eternal things is to commit to grow today. And there's ways that you can strengthen your walk with God through prayer or, or Bible reading or serving. There, there's things that you can commit to this week that would begin a process of growth for you. And maybe you've, you've had all these great intentions of growing spiritually, but somehow it just it keeps getting put off and put off. You can drive a stake into the ground now and make a commitment to know Jesus Christ better because of the dividends that'll pay in eternity to come. Finally, one last thing is a way to pour into eternal things is to move with us. Go with us. Come with us. We're, we're a kingdom colony on the move. If our citizenship is in heaven, it means our nationality is not the U.S. It's not here. That means our nationality truly is in heaven. That means we're like a colony, like the colonists going to a new land. We're, we're in a foreign land right now. We're journeying through this life. And we're journeying through Santa Clarita. And if you're here and you're a part of us, uh, maybe you're watching because you, you normally you attend the park and you just love the park. I hope you'll move with us. If you're just online, then it should be pretty easy. <laughs> Teaming with a group of people dedicated to living out God's ways is an essential way of keeping our eyes fixed on the kingdom to come. There's more to your life than what can be seen physically. There's so much good that God can do through you if you yield yourself and your life and your resources to Him and say, I'm at your disposal. And in return, what we have to look forward to is citizenship, a glorious new body, heaven with our Savior and with God forever. We And, you know, side benefit, we get an increase of joy here and now because we, we can stand firm through the troubles of life and this present troubling world that we live in because we know we're waiting for something better. There's a lot of ways to join with us, midweek groups to grow, volunteer on Sundays. Another change that's coming for us is this is our very last Sunday with Bruno, who's been our worship leader through the spring since we got launched, and he has done a fantastic job. He uh, has committed to helping us, and he's graduating from college and, and moving away. And uh, so I've got some friends that are going to be filling in for us the next few weeks musically, but we need to find another worship leader as well, and so that'll be another change for us. God is working here, and you can be a part of it. We want you to team with us. One evidence that God is working is that lives are being changed. Lots of small ways and, and many people are experiencing incremental growth towards Jesus and then some big ways too. The biggest of all is when someone commits their life to Jesus Christ for the very first time and the total direct direction of eternity has changed forever. And so I'm very excited to announce that we're doing a baptism today, this morning. Anyone that's a follower of Jesus is commanded to take this step. And so that's happening today and I'm very excited to share the results of that after we record it. Um, I hope that attending and listening online today with us has been helpful for you. 
And I would love for you to come back and keep tracking with what God is doing here. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the incredible promises of eternity and what, what's in store for those that follow Jesus. Would you help us to firm up that commitment and truly understand what it means to, to forget the things that are behind and distracting, to reach forward and to know Jesus on a more significant level daily. Help us to fill and saturate our minds with the hope of what's to come and trusting in you. I pray that you would continue providing for Valley Lights. We, we just thank you for providing a new space for us to move into and providing the people, the team with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week and I'll see you later.